Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. For the first guest of season two, we welcomed Super Bowl champion and starting linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, Damian Wilson, into the Deeper Than Money headquarters to talk all things money. Damian attended Amite County High School in Liberty, Mississippi. He accepted a scholarship from Alcorn State University, transferred to Jones County Junior College after his freshman season. Damian played one season at Jones County Junior College before transferring to the University of Minnesota. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the fourth round of the 2015 draft, signing a four-year $2.74 million contract that included a signing bonus of over $466,000. In 2019, Damian signed a two-year $5.75 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. His first season with the KC Chiefs, Damian played an integral role in the Kansas City Super Bowl run. Damian helped transform the Chiefs defense starting all 16 games and being second on the team in tackles with 81 tackles in 2019. Damian is amazing and you are about to love this episode where Damian talks all things money. Damien, thank you so much for coming on the Deeper Than Money podcast. Everyone is so excited for this interview and so excited to hear from you. So to start off, will you talk a little bit about where you're from and what it was like growing up? Uh, I'm from Gloucester, Mississippi. It's a small, small town in uh, southwest uh, Mississippi. It's like 30 to 40 minutes north of Baton Rouge, that would be the the best landmark for me to give you. But uh, to give you guys an example of how small it is, it's like, um, well, I graduated with like 36 people. So, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's really, really tiny. So you, you can imagine, like, town population about maybe a shade under 1,000 people, man. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that is crazy. So... Coming up from such a small town upbringing, and now you're a Super Bowl champion. How has your life changed since winning the Super Bowl? Oh man, it's uh, depend on where I go. I mean, when I when I um, went home, they gave me a, the key to the city, <gasps> better oh yet, the key to the town. Oh my! Congratulations, yeah. <laughs> that's epic. Yeah, and uh, my cousin is actually on the team too, uh, Chavarius Ward. He grew up 20 minutes away from me in Macomb little bit bigger town but uh we both went to the state capitol in jackson mississippi and they both uh gave us these two big plats and had a big ceremony for us right there in the in the state capitol of jackson so oh it was pretty gosh. cool it was pretty cool but uh other than that i really haven't uh 
had any like highlights of you know being a Super Bowl champion post Super Bowl because you know COVID and stuff. Yeah, every this it's cut everything in half. Just kind of shit on all the excitement. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. For lack of better words, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's amazing. So let's jump into some juicy money questions. This statistic is mind-blowing to me. So 78% of NFL players go bankrupt five years after retirement. Is this something that's talked about, like, in the league or amongst amongst your teammates or friends or... I mean, yes and no, because uh, when you first get into the NFL, like, I know for the draftees, of, of course, because I was drafted fourth round, we go to the NFL Rookie Symposium. And the NFL Rookie Symposium, they... Uh, supposed to be like guidelines on how you should interact and what you should uh, be doing and whatnot. And there's a whole lot of fluff that goes into like, I want to say two or three days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, when they have one day dedicated all, all to like financial stuff, like people asking for money, uh, investments, financial uh, advisors, all this and this and that. But uh it's it's crazy that that's such a high number when you uh we have the resources that we have to prevent that. Yeah. So your salary is public record, mm. obviously. And so your minimum salary in 2020 is 3.2 million with the potential to earn over 5.3 million. And with that being public information, do you See, ever I hate that. You hate it? I hate <laughs> that. I just, that's why I do you ever feel taken advantage of or that people assume you're gonna pay for them or in situations like that listen all the time like you can just google see even you you can just google yeah and see how much you know is in my pocket at any given time and i just said i think it shouldn't even be public record but uh you got you definitely got to be cautious because uh people definitely do that you know whether you're working with a real estate agent or jeweler or uh, auto person trying to get a car or whatever. You just got to be extra careful. Yeah. I mean, do you ever feel like frustrated about that? Do you ever feel like, what are the precautions that you have to take even with like your friends and stuff or for more of those like professional settings? Uh, for the more professional settings, I'll try not to tip it off. Like if I was going to the, if I was going to say, if I was going to lease a car, I will try to look as bummy as possible. <laughs> You're not like, you know, do you know who I you am? Know, you know, I'll try to look as bummy if I look like I look like I work at like your local Walgreens or something <laughs> like that. But uh, for the friends and stuff that know you, you know, it's it's never a bad idea to say no. You yeah. Know? You know, a lot of people can't do it, but uh, it's a word you got to get familiar with. Absolutely. So similar question, but being in the, like being in the NFL, being a Super Bowl winner, do you feel pressure to live a certain lifestyle or have, you know, certain things or, you know, spend money in a certain way? Uh, that's a tricky one right there. Cause you know, it's some things that I've always wanted that, you know, I might find in my budget to go get, you know, I got a little... <laughs> I got a little necklace, you know, that I always wanted. I'm always wanted a real necklace. I went and got that. But uh, you got to understand where you at in a sense because, you know, being in the NFL, everybody's thinking that you're making these millions on millions and millions of dollars. And some people are, you know, and some people can do that. But if you're not, then you should live within your means, Mm -hmm. you know. And just because, you know, Let's say you make $300,000 a, a year. That that can be gone very yeah. that quicker than you think, you know? 
it, it's just a difference between those that get the eight million dollar game checks and those that get the like hundred thousand dollar game check. You yeah. Know? Totally. So growing up, did you always want to be an NFL player? Like, was this always a dream for you? And if it was, did people kind of shit on that dream ever or tell you it was stupid or it couldn't happen? Uh, growing up, I did want to play football, but also I wanted to do another thing. I wanted to be a dentist. Cool. Believe it or not. You have beautiful teeth. So, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I thought about, you know, they put me on the billboard and hey, get your teeth done. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But as I got older, I realized how much math and science was uh, involved in that. And, you know, I'm not a math and science guy. So uh, I strayed away from that. And I said, you know what? This football thing could be a reality, though. Mm-hmm. So around my freshman year of college, I realized, like, huh, I, I might, you know, this is easier than I thought it would be. So I uh, rode that wave and it got me here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's so cool. So... Speaking of growing up, what were money or finances like for you growing up? Oh, money and finance. Like, okay, this is um, kind of hard to explain because, you know, my family wasn't the richest. You know, rural Mississippi, mm-hmm. we wasn't the the richest family on the block. I mean, uh, my mom, she's a nurse. My dad, he's retired from the military. And I can honestly say that growing up, they did a good job as parents as, as shielded me like from the realities of the world because I never mm-hmm. like needed anything. Yeah. You know, it'd be some stuff. I wanted a four wheeler and a dirt bike <laughs> both at the same time, but mom told me no, but it was nothing that I actually ever needed. Like mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I was a little fat kid, obviously. So I was eating good, uh, had clothes on my back. I mean, it was, it was nothing that I really needed. Yeah. So growing up and whether this be your parents or in school or in college, were you taught about how to handle money, what to do with money, how to save, how to invest or? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why, but I feel like most people like, at least from my era, they don't teach or tell their kids about invested in money and, um, how to handle money, and I, I probably know why my parents didn't do it because we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have extra money laying around to go invest in anything, you know, like that. And uh, we didn't have we, like we knew how to make a budget to make what we did have work through the month for our family, but uh, it was all new to me when it came to investing. You know, these yeah. are the nuggets that I'm still picking up that have to teach my kids about one day. Totally. I want to I want to know the dirty deeds of like getting paid and stuff. So, I mean, obviously we talked about how we can look up your salary and things like that, but how does the pay work? Do you get paid all year? Do you get paid during the season? Do you get paid once a month? Like, do you get here's your millions on in cash on a duffel bag well, one time? That's that's another good one. Uh <laughs> when you sign your contract, right? Inside the contract, there's a signing bonus, and the signing bonus is a big lump sum of money up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get the signing bonus. Let's say you sign for a three-year, $20 million deal. You got a $5 million signing bonus. Well, taxes cut that to 2.7, mm-hmm. 2.6, blah, blah. So you get half of that $5 million up front, but bam, that goes in your bank immediately. Okay, and you get into the season, right? And you got 16 games. And every game that you play, you get a check from week one to week 16. And after that, 
you got the playoffs. The playoffs, uh, first round of the playoffs, I think is sixteen thousand. Second round of the playoffs, I think is thirty-two. Super Bowl, sixty-four thousand. And then there's that. And after the Super Bowl, that's the scissors. That cut, the, <laughs> that cut it off right there. So let's see. Super Bowl was on February second. So from February second up until the next game, mm-hmm. you're not seeing any money. Yeah. So. You can go out and blow whatever you saved up during the yeah. season, or you can save it and, you know, slight little trickle, spend it and span it out. Mm-hmm. That's up to you, you know? Yeah. Wow. So that's, that takes a lot of, you know, talk about inconsistent income, right? Like one month you're bringing in a million dollars and the next month you're like, cool, we're out. Million. I mean, you got to uh, know the value of a dollar, man, yeah. and be able to stretch it. I mean... Uh, during the season, spending is one thing, but uh, when when the money stops rolling in, this is a whole different, it's a whole different monster, and you can't, you know, you can't be going out to the restaurant every night of the week. Yeah. You know, it's about time to buy some groceries, and you know, might even meal prep a little bit throughout the week, <laughs> but uh, you might want to cut back on the clothes that you buy or something mm-hmm. like that because you don't know it could, COVID. Yeah. What happened? What if we didn't have a season? What if we yeah. don't have a season? No game checks, and you got to go a year without it. So it all depends on what you got saved, what stuff you got saved over. Yeah, cool. Wow, that's so cool. So being a millionaire at a very young age, what uh, I mean, do you have plans right now for like business adventures or for investing or for um, not necessarily like literally investing your money in like the stock market, but like other other business things that you want to do? Things like that? I absolutely do. Um, right now, I'm into commercial real estate, right? And um, it's not just me. We got a, a mutual fund, mm-hmm. right? And it's triple net lease. So it's not residency. It's not like that. You see 7-Elevens and um, yeah. uh, Walgreens and stuff like that. That's that's what I'm into right now with, yeah. a, with a bunch of my um, colleagues. And right now, we got this... Uh, Amazon warehouse in um Tampa, Florida. Oh my we, gosh, yeah, that's so yeah, cool! It's our first move. It's our first move. It's our first move. So we got that going on in Tampa, Florida right now as we speak. So that is that's that it's all been a learning experience. It was so much that I didn't know about it. I mean, the research that I had to do on yeah. it is insane. So but, how how involved are you in that process? Uh, very involved. I mean, um, came through. With a walkthrough for the uh, land, Amazon came through. They uh, sent the representative over. We took soil samples. Uh, we got a basic plan going on. I like how the uh, warehouse is going to be built and stuff like that. And it's just it's it's an awesome process. That is so cool. So is that something that you're really truly like? This is exciting. I love this business stuff. Or is your mindset more okay? I want to lay the foundation to for when I'm done with football, that I have this other thing I can, you know, spend my focus I mean, on. It's, it's a little bit of both, yeah. you know, because I can definitely see myself doing it. That's what I'm setting myself up to do. I mean, I have my mentor. Her name is uh, Till Henderson, and she, her resume is crazy. She's <laughs> She's been doing this for a long, long time, and she's excellent teacher. She's been uh, teaching me and all the other guys of how, how the business works. And, uh, yeah, I can definitely see myself doing this for a while. I mean, it's just a little game, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out who wants what, what lot is big enough, uh, the traffic that's going to come through. Uh, it's, it's so much that goes into that. 
Yeah, wow, that is so cool. And another thing, it's a lot more safer than non-residential. That commercial, yeah. the commercial side of real estate is a lot more safe. I don't know why no one ever talks about it. Everyone wants to flip houses and stuff yeah. like that. But this is a lot more safe because nothing ever gets done. No dollar ever gets spent until they sign the contract. Wow. And Amazon's not going anywhere. Exactly. Anywhere. Like for our first time to get a name that big and somebody that reputable, is that was crazy. That, me. So, I mean, is that a lot of like pitching? How do you pitch Amazon to go and do that? That's so cool. For I mean, sure. is that kind of like using your network or is that truly a, like following the step by steps to... It was an interesting process on how it happened because um, it was this family in Tampa. They owned this lot of land for like 20 to 30 years. And everybody had always been trying to get them to, to sell it to them, to sell it to them. But uh, Till, my mentor's uh, husband, she lives in Tampa. And they lived there together in Tampa. And they knew the family, right? So he put in a pitch to buy the uh, buy the land from, from them, you know. Because they knew each other and the relationships they yeah. had built, they actually sold it. And the thing about it is the land is so close to the airport. So imagine the planes coming in, landing in the airport and having a short drive to drop their cargo off right at the uh, Amazon distribution center right there. So that's just perfect. That's why Amazon was so turned on to this idea. Yeah. And uh yeah, set us up good. That's so great. So tell me more about your mentor. I mean, have you always had some sort of mentor? Is this a new mentor? Um, you know, do you do you work together just on business stuff, on personal development? Well, uh, I met her two years ago at the Super Bowl because we have these seminars for stuff like this. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm not, that's uh, another thing. Like we got so many like resources. Yeah, as players to get involved into other things that we can be doing uh post football mm -hmm. you know so went to that thing and i uh, heard her talk and i didn't go by myself of course i had my friends with me yeah. we got so we got so interested in it we got our number after and two years later we started this group the bones mutual fund and now we are uh working on our first project i mean it's, it all started at the seminar that is so cool wow that's i love that stuff mm -hmm. okay do you currently work with a financial advisor and if so how like hands-on are you with that stuff uh no i don't work with a financial advisor i don't feel like uh, i have the need to i got pretty much a, a good amount of discipline to handle all yeah. that myself but what i do have is uh only thing i have is an agent and a and a, and a tax guy because it's, oh, yeah. it's really hard doing taxes from state to state because they tax you from whatever state you play. And you might play in Oakland one time, play in New Orleans one time, another one time. Oh, and that's, that gosh. could be really confusing for somebody that's not experienced enough yeah. to do those taxes. But for a financial advisor, uh, I'm pretty, I pretty much got a month to month plan on how yeah. much I can spend. Yeah. So if you have a game in, Texas, you're paying Texas taxes. Texas don't have state taxes, so you only pay federal. I'm like, well, see, he knows look, that. Look at you. He go. knows that. He knows that. He knows that, and he he hooks it up good. He's been doing it for the last uh, five years for me. Yeah. yeah. So every single place you play, you play, you pay their state taxes In on New York, for that game. California got killer taxes. I hate playing there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that's mm -hmm. so cool. Only tax-free states, Tennessee, Texas, and Florida. So you're like, hey, so th does that include for, like, the Super Bowl then? Yeah. When the yeah. Super Bowl's in Florida? It, Look at me, I knew that. Miami and Tampa Bay, 
Tax free. Hey, so you're like even better. Let's go there for the Super Bowl because exactly. the Super Bowl bonuses are bigger, right? I'm assuming. Uh, nope. Really? No, because if you go from making, let's say you make a million dollars a game, yeah, and you go to the Super Bowl, it's gonna be sixty four thousand. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. But not everybody on the team making a million. Most people on the team is not making a million dollars a game. They probably making like yeah. a. Let's say thirty a week, probably yeah, thirty a week. So that's that's big for them, though. Yeah, is there ever weird team dynamics about who's making more money and like, oh, you know, do they they don't they don't deserve to be making that much? I'm making, I'm doing this thing. Oh, or nobody is there ever... ever nobody ever says that you deserve to be making that much. I mean, they can put on the film. That's the thing about it. If you're making that much uh, that amount of money, you can always put on the film. And the guy is going to leap off the film. You can sell him like, yeah, okay, he deserved that. Like, yeah. There's no dispute in that. But it's, it's certain positions make more. Like, if you play cornerback, you're going to make more. If you play quarterback, you're going to definitely make more. I mean, you see Pat. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. O-line, quarterback, cornerback, they, they, they the breadwinners of it. Wow. That's so cool. Okay. What is the most outrageous thing you've ever spent money on? Hmm. You're so frugal. You're going to have to like think hard for this one. I bought a house. That's not outrageous. Was okay. it like an outrageous house? Is it like a crazy cool house? I mean, I think it's pretty cool. But then again, <laughs> it's my house. Of course, I think it's pretty cool. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 27. I bought that house when I was 25. People yeah. buy a house at 25. So do you rent it out? I do not because I don't like people staying there. So you, where is it? It's in Texas. Oh, it's so in you, Dallas. Oh, yeah. so you have that for when you're in Dallas, and then mm-hmm. you have your apartment for when you're yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know the craziest thing I ever uh, <laughs> bought. It was a $12,000 Savannah Cat, and it was an F1. It was an F1 Savannah Cat. Uh, it was why, uh, for those that don't know, a Savannah Cat is an African several and a domestic cat mixed together. It was two months old, and by the time it was two months old, it was already the size of a regular cat. <gasps> so at two months, at two months, it was gonna be like the size of uh, let's see that that the black golden doodle. Yeah, Rosie. It was gonna, it was gonna be that shout size. out to Rosie. Shout out to Rosie. <laughs> it was gonna it was gonna be the size of, of, of Rosie. Oh my god! It was a cat with claws and fangs, but it was so wild. It was F one. I should have got an F two or F three because it yeah. was so wild. It wouldn't let me touch it. Like to touch it, <laughs> I had hated you. It hated me, but it hated everybody. It wasn't just oh, me. Oh, okay. You know, the touch it, I had to wrap it up in a towel and you know and hold it just to get it. Like I was trying to get it acclimated yeah. to people. You know, but it it was a struggle. Struggle. It was a uh, boy too. His name was Chubb, so he probably had too much testosterone. I probably should have got a girl. Yeah, shout out to Chubbs. But what happened to it? Yeah, Chubbs. I'm gone. <laughs> what happened? It was my second year playing football too professionally, and um, it was on a Sunday, and I had to be at the stadium. For 12 o'clock and around like uh, 10.30, I was trying to get Chubbs to go back into his, uh, to the bathroom. That's why I kept him because I didn't want to put him in the cage. Mm-hmm. So I just put his bed, water, food, and stuff in the bathroom. So <laughs> he was somewhere running around the house. He was under the bed. I had my window open because it was kind of hot that day. But the screen was on it, so I didn't think yeah. nothing of it, you know? Chubbs, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching up under the, uh, the bed trying to pull him out. Chubbs escapes to the other side, jumps through the screen, breaks huh. the screen, 
and I live on the second floor too. So oh. he jumps out the second floor, lands on his feet, and runs across the parking lot. Did you get him? I couldn't get him. I had to he, be. So I, Chubbs is out there in the world, just Chubbs like living his life out there. Out there in the world, I would have went and looked for him, but I had to be at the stadium at twelve o'clock. So if I didn't make it to the stadium at twelve o'clock, I'm late. I get fined extra money. And then I'm even more mad. Yeah. You know, that 12000 just became, what, another 6018 <laughs> That just became eighteen yeah. right there. So I hope Chubbs is living his best <laughs> life somewhere out there wow. in Dallas right now. Chubbs, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> Please come back. You are more of an investment than you know. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So speaking of fees, speaking of like all the different fees, is that something that is... I mean, how is it like you're one minute late, there's a fee? Or is it like, eh, it depends on who's giving you the, is it like a teacher giving you detention and it's up to them? Or is it like, no bullshit, if you are, if you do anything to break any of these rules, fee? I mean, uh, if you were talking about being punctual or not, it's more like, uh, let's see, if you're 15, 20 minutes late, yeah, you're going to get fined. If you're, yeah. Like five, one, two minutes late. Yeah. That's 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 excusable. You know, life happens. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Uh, but the most thing, most of the time, you can avoid getting a fine, like from being tardy or being punctual or being on time for something. Because you just call ahead and say, "Look, I'm yeah. dealing with this. It's a lot of traffic. I'm gonna be late." You know, just communication and stuff like that. But it's some things that less like uh, inexcusable. Like let's say. You're bashing your teammates on the media. Yeah. You stole, you stole something, you gone. That's, Andy Reid told us that day one. But, uh, he said if you steal something, you're feet. out of there. Oh, no, you're, you're out. Not, you're not even. You're not even. Oh, you're out. <laughs> oh, this is zero because that's, that's, that's bad. You don't take things from your teammates. That's, that's bad. You're out of there. Wow. You know, it's not even a feed. You skipped to the, to the most drastic measure possible yeah. for that. But uh, it's, it's like depends on the offense, you know, it's different yeah. levels to the offense. Oh my gosh. Well, what is one thing that you've done with money that you're really proud of? Uh, save it <laughs> for, <laughs> for the begin with. But uh, no, nah, I'm going to go back to the, uh, to the, to the mutual fund. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something I'm proud of because um, the thing about it is once we uh, finalize the deal with Amazon and stuff like that, we get to roll that money over to the next project and yeah. not pay taxes on it until we you know until we're done uh, with all our projects. So this could this could be like a snowball effect for like totally uh, 10, 15 years down the road, and I only gonna have to pay tax on it once. So yeah. that's great. Oh my gosh! Okay, I love that. Um, what is something that you want to teach? Either like you, advice that you would give to other people, or something that you want to pass down to future kids if you have kids someday about money. Uh, well, I'm still learning a lot about money, but uh, the thing that I know now is that I'm definitely gonna be able to teach my kids things about it that my parents didn't teach me about it because they 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 like. You can't teach people about money if you don't have any money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So using my experience that I'm building now, I'll be able to tell them um, much more than my parents told me. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Um, last question. What is the best piece of advice in general that you've ever gotten? Or, or just something that you live by, something that you want to leave the audience with? 
Uh, the best piece of advice um, that I've ever gotten was by my high school coach. Uh, he told me this, like, I think my second year into the league, I wasn't really doing much. I was just always in. I wasn't uh, never doing any appearances or stuff. I was, mm-hmm. I was staying in the house all the time. He told me strike when the iron's hot. Because oh. uh, this right here is a is a prime time for me. Because look, would you want me on my on your show if I wasn't a chief flair? <laughs> yes, you're, absolutely you're the best person ever. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. You're you're so, my neighbor. Like, We're neighbors. I'd be like, hey, uh, neighbor, hello. Get how over many here. other neighbors have been on the show? Well, on not the 20th yet. Floor. Not yet. Exactly. You don't know what's coming. See, you don't know who my next person. Is. You have to strike when the iron's <laughs> hot because when your time in the sun is over. People forget about you, and it's it's fine. It's fine. So you got to set it up now for later. That's what he meant. Like, yeah. strike when the iron's hot. Because this is, like, the only time in your life, well, my life that I'm going to have, you know, people wanting to get together with me. So it's important to build those relationships for later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so cool because you're built, like, you're a lot of people. 78% of NFL players are going bankrupt after five years. Like, you're taking the cards that you've been given and building so much for future you, for future generations, for other people. Like, that's so cool. Like, you're taking it and, and building it. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Right. I know, audience, I know you can't see this, but I'm wrapping my um, Damien shirt. Nice I'm gonna, t-shirt. Nice I wrapped my Damien, t- my Damien Wilson t-shirt, and I will even put the link in the show notes for you to go grab your own Damien Wilson apparel. Tell him how soft and smooth it is. (laughs) It is. It's a great Mm t-shirt. I ordered it and Shay saw it and he's like, I have to get one. This Mm -hmm. is a great quality shirt. Mm -hmm. I've been, I have been purposely not wearing it because I didn't want you to see it like in the hallway. I wanted to like really impress you. You sprung it on me. You sprung it on me. I'm impressed. I wanted to really impress you. But anyway, thank you future bajillionaires for tuning in to this week's episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast and we will see you back next week.